Okay, we are on Daf Mem Vav Amad Al. We're starting Daf Mem Hey Amad Beis. The the second line from the bottom, the first word on the line. Yesterday we said we asked the Kasha, We said, how can when rain falls in Yontif, how can you can take it where you want? Let's say that it was Kona Shvita, it, it, its domicile was in the ocean, and now you, it, it's out of its it's out of its home. You can't carry it. Where you, it can only go for Amas. How can you take it where you want? So the Gemara answered, no, it was in the clouds and it wasn't Kona Shvita. So the Gemara says, one second, where we are today, Velikne Shvita Bav. In one second, let it acquire its domicile in the clouds. And again, you won't be able to carry it. So in order to say that, in order to say that it didn't acquire its domicile in the clouds, Tifshot Minar, you're going to have to conclude from here, that there's no Tchum above 10, that's why they're not counting the domicile in the clouds. And if there's really, if there's really Tchum in above 10, so let them acquire the domicile in the clouds, and you won't be able to carry them. I said, ah, no, don't worry. I say, what? No, there is Tchum above 10. Aye, but still, they're not counting Shvita in the clouds, and, and that's why you're allowed to carry them, you know, wherever you want. And the answer is what? That the, that the, the water is absorbed into the clouds. Whatever you're going to say, the state of water in the clouds is not considered water, and therefore it's not Kona Shvita there, only later, it only becomes the water afterwards. Aye, one second. So the, 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 the Gemara says, wait a second. That's going to be, that's going to be a very difficult thing to say. Why? So it's, if you're going to tell me what, that the water only becomes water after it comes out of the clouds, then for an entirely different reason, you won't be able to budge them. They'll be muktzah. Why? Because they'll be brand new created. So it's been coming into being on Yantav. They turn into water on Yantav, and that's muktzah. The rabbis forbid you. You can't even pick them up. You can't move them. You can't budge them. You have to say the other way. Water in the clouds is really water. And the reason why the water in the clouds is not Konish Vita, and that's why you're allowed to take them where you want, you know, with you, on you on the, when they fall in Yontav, okay, well, the answer is what? They're always moving. And since they're moving, they don't acquire a domicile. Ah, uh, one second says more. A good answer. But then, once you're going to tell me that, the things that are on the move don't acquire a domicile, then I already never, I never had to go into this whole business about the clouds. I could also say that the water came from the Ocean and it didn't make a difference. Okeanus Nami, I can also say that in the ocean the water was never Kona Shvita, never got a domicile. Okeanus Nami, Lolikshulach, don't, don't have any difficulty from the ocean either. Maya, Okeanus Nami, Naidi. Water in the ocean is also moving all the time, and therefore, and therefore, it's not Kona Shvita, and you don't have to worry about it whether the came from, whether the water whether the water came from the from the ocean, it came from the clouds, whatever it is. Since it was moving, it never was Kona Shvita, and that's why when you pick it up, you can take it to, throughout your own tuchum. But Tanya and Ars and Moshkin and Mayanus and Ovin, that's what we learn. We learn rivers that are flowing and, and, and well springs that are springing, <laughs> that are well, welling up. Anybody who, anybody who draws them is allowed to take them to, throughout their own tchum. Why is that? Because they weren't Konashrita where they were. When we said the halacha is Rabbi Yochan ben Nuri, that what? That we had an argument and a person sleeping, were they Konashrita or not? Rabbi Yochan ben Nuri said, yes, they are Konashrita when they're sleeping, and they have, and the person has 22,000 amas in every direction from where they were sleeping, where, where, where they were when Shabbos came in. So he said to him, Rabbi Zeri said to him, one second, he says, that which you're quoting in the name of Yeshua ben Levi, that halacha is like Rabbi Yochan ben Nuri, did you hear it explicitly? Or did you hear it by inferring it from a principle that, or from something else that Yeshua ben Levi said? You know, I heard him say it explicitly. Yeshua ben Levi heard him say explicitly that Allah follows Rabbi Yochanan ben, ben Nuri and a, and a person that was sleeping still is Kana Shvita and he has 2,000 Amas in every direction. The says, but one second, okay, 
my klala. Okay, but what was it? What was the general principle that he thought? Or what was the what was the inference that he thought that he might have made rather than hearing it directly from Yeshua from Yeshua ben Levi? I'll tell you why. Don't Yeshua ben Levi because Yeshua ben Levi had said when it comes to Eruvin, you always follow the lenient opinion. So he thought, oh, maybe he derived it from there. That since Rabbi Yochanan Nuri says what the person has two thousand amas, and the rabbis say no, he has only four amas in every direction. So who's the lenient one, Yeshua ben Levi? And since he heard Yeshua ben Levi say he might have thought that since Yeshua ben Levi say that the halacha follows the lenient opinion when it comes to Eruvin, that you can that you follow Yeshua ben Levi. I said one second, you know what? Good point then. But but okay, wherever you got it. But why do you have to say two points? Why do Yeshua ben Levi have to tell me twice the one that Allah is like with Yeshua ben Levi, the one that Allah follows the lenient opinion in Eruvin, and one to tell Allah follows Yeshua ben Levi? I would know. I would know one from the other. I'm Rabbi. I'm Rabbi Zera. Had he just told, I need both of them. Had he just told me that the halach is like Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri, okay, I think that's true, whether it's being lenient or being stringent, because remember, Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri, as we're going to see in a minute, said what he said about both about sleeping people and about inanimate objects, that they also are kona. Now, ironically, when you give the sleeping man his shvita, his, 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 uh, his domicile, he's Konishvita, he's that's a lenient opinion, he's gonna get two thousand amas in all in all directions. When you give when you say that when you say that objects are 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 konashvita, then you're being you're being stringent. Why? Because then you can only carry them two thousand amas from their place and not the two thousand amas of the person who picks them up. Okay, so it's actually stringent to the same point. So I think, oh, when do I follow his opinion when it comes to the man which is a leniency? When it comes to the objects, I don't follow it. Therefore, Yeshua Levi told me explicitly, halacha Therefore, what? Uh, the, the, the halacha is like the Dibriya Mekel Be'erub. Now tell me, no, the halacha is like the opinion of the Mekel in, in an Erev. And therefore, one, I only follow the halacha of Ben Yochanan and Nurim when it comes to the sleeping man, but not to the inanimate objects. Aye. One second, okay, but wouldn't it have been sufficient? Let him just say then that the halacha follows the lenient opinion when it comes to Erevin. The answer is, halacha Rabbi Yochanan Nuri Lomeli. Why do you have to say explicitly halacha follows Rabbi Yochanan Nuri? The answer is, this week he needed to tell me why. Because I would have thought, I think the general principle that we follow the lenient is when it's an individual who disagrees with an individual, or many that disagree with the many. But if it's an individual in a place where the many disagree with him, there I would say, I say, I don't follow the halacha like the lenient opinion. Even though he's lenient, since he's in the minority, I don't follow it. Therefore, he had to tell me what? That the halacha follows Rabbi Yochan ben Nuri, and even though he's fighting the rabbis, the majority against them, or the many against the individual. Individual, he still follows the opinion that the sleeping man uh, is is Kona Shvita, and he has two thousand amas in every direction. What is this whole discussion over here? Aren't we always lenient when it comes to rabbinic issues? The whole point of, of we say is the Rabbanan, okay, he says, and therefore what? Always the halacha, he says, he says, once you tell me the halacha is like the, is like the lenient opinion, what do you mean? Why are you going to differentiate between between individual against the many, individual against the individual? Since it's rabbinic, the halacha should be that we follow the lenient opinion regardless. 
Kolitz, whether it's individual against individual, individual against the many, what's the difference? But this, the, the, you see that they don't agree with them. Amalei of Papa Rabbi says, one second, and I tell you what, in rabbinic laws, we, we're not going to make a difference, and we're gonna, we're not, we don't care whether it's individual against the individual, individual against the many, and we're going to pass them like the individual to be lenient against the many. It's not true, I'll show you. Didn't we learn? Okay, Rabbi Lazar Omer, Rabbi Lazar said, we have a, we have a, we have a rule we have a rule in general when it comes to a woman getting her period. So the rabbis decreed that since it's quite, that that since it's possible that the blood exited the uterus but didn't exit the body when we found it, so it's quite possible that it really that she was really unclean before she actually had visible, tangible evidence. So the rabbis say, therefore, that for 24 hours before she actually saw her period, that she has clear evidence that she saw her period. We say that any food that she touched was tummy. Retroactively, say 24 hours. So Releza said, when is that true? Call the Isha, she said, but that's only true by, by normal circumstances, whether she's whether whether she's already a, an aged woman or a young woman, but to any woman, but any woman, any woman who passed three 30-day periods already without seeing her period, Dayashaita, since she, she already has, has established that she's not seeing her period, then it's sufficient, and she, we don't retroactively have to say that the food that she touched became Tomei 24 hours prior to actually getting her period, the evidence of her period. But we learned mice of us Rebbe now and, and Rebbe one time did like Rebbe Lazar even though what the, the, and the rabbis didn't agree with him the majority were against him and we learned even then and that's a rabbinic decree uh, um, saying that the, that, the, that the food is tummy retroactively 24 hours and one time what mice of us Rebbe Rebbe Lazar one time Rebbe was lenient like the opinion of Rebbe Lazar in other words what that even a, even a woman who was young enough to be getting her period once she passed three months uh, he, he was lenient and he said and he said that the that we do not we do, we do not make the food tummy retroactively twenty four hours. But after he remembered, we'll see what that means in one minute. Amar Kadayu lovers of the Smachalav. Even though he, he was wrong, he said after he remembered, he said, "I look in in, in on a hard pressed circumstances, we can still rely on Rebbe Lezer B'Shasat when it's hard pressed circumstances." Now, my Lachashiniska. Now, what does he mean after he remembered? He said, "Well, I can still rely on him." Ilem Lachashiniska. Then If you say what did he remember after after he remembered that we had already determined that Allah is not like Rebbe Lezer. But like the rabbis, okay, even if it was hard past circumstances, how could he not renege? How could he rely on a Lazar? It can't be. Ella must be what the story is like this. They never decided, we had never been like the rabbis or like Rebbe Lazar. Okay, look at Lazar, we never decided Allah was like one or the other. And therefore, what? So he first passed like Lazar to be lenient. After he's realized it's not an individual that disagreed with Lazar. Okay, Ella Rabin, but it was the many that disagreed with him. Omar, he said, since, they, since it's a case where they hadn't decided the once he already said it, and it was a hard-pressed circumstance because it was, it was a time of famine and they really needed the food, then he was able to rely on them. But you see that what? But in normal circumstances, we don't. We don't even when the, we, we don't rely on the individual against the many. It was under very difficult circumstances. Finally, did it. We don't. So, you, so Rav was wrong. And another point, another proof that Rav is not correct. We don't just say, "Oh, that in rabbinic matters we follow the individual even against the majority." Another, another demonstration. He said, "What? Is it really true?" Again, he's challenging. Again, he, again, he, again, he's cha- again, he's challenging. What are you talking about? He says, you want to tell me that by rabbinic things, we don't make any difference? Well, Tanya, I'll bring you proof that we do. Shmuel, Krova, we learned 
We differentiate between a person getting news, Rachmanas, of a death of a death of somebody he has to mourn for that is that is close to the death, or one that or one that is already far away from the death. He got the news close to when the person died, or far away afterwards. If he got the news close to the time of death, then the person has to conduct himself and do the, and do the mourning, which is rabbinic of of of, of seven days and thirty days. The two the two different t- periods and two different laws. But once it's a distant, uh, once it's a, it, it's a, it's already far from the death, the news that he got. Then he only keeps what? Then he only keeps one day. What's considered a recent a recent death? What's considered a non-recent death? If he gets the news within thirty days, that's considered a recent death. If he gets the news after thirty days, that's considered not a recent death. And now who said this? An individual. These are the words of Rabbi Kiva. The rabbi said no. They disagreed. They were stringent. Whether he got a, a, a news of a recent death or news of a non-recent or news of a non-recent death, it makes no difference. He has to keep. Seven, and he has to keep the laws of thirty days of mourning. And he said, "Any place where you see the individual is lenient, and the many are stringent." The halacha follows the majority who are stringent, who are stringent. Except in this case, well, like over here, even though Rebbe is lenient and the rabbis are stringent, halacha still follows Rebbe Kiva. The sober law, okay. Uh, okay, and, and and what and why is that? Why why did he say that? The sober law, Rabbi Yochanan holds. The sober law, Rabbi Yochanan said this. Kishmul, he holds like Shmuel, Dharma Shmuel, who said halacha k'divir mekabava. The rule follows always. Then we have an argument. The rule follows the lenient opinion when it comes to when it comes to. Uh, morning and laws of morning. Ah, but you see clearly what? That's a special case. It's specifically by laws of morning that the rabbis were lenient in a, in a, in a, rabbinic, in a rabbinic case, even the individual against the many. But in normal other cases, not even when it's a rabbinic law, we still make a difference of an individual disagreeing with an individual and an individual disagreeing with the many, and the Allah will follow the many, even against the uh, many, against the individual even though he is lenient. Okay, now further we have to still answer again. So we're still, so we're still back answering the same question. Why did why did Rabbi Levi had to tell me two things? One, the halacha is like Rabbi Yochanan Nuri, and two, that we follow the lenient opinion in a Reuben. See, there's another solution. It's true. He had to say both. You know why? You know why? Because I would have thought had you only told me the rule that we follow the lenient opinion by a, by, 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 by a Reuben, I would think, I think that's only by the laws of mixtures, of mixing a yard, a shared courtyard. There we're lenient. When it comes to a Ruby Truman, the laws of 2000 Amas, there I would say, by those Truman, I, I do not follow the lenient opinion. Okay? And therefore, what? And since, and since Rabbi Yochanan Nuri said his law, his leniency in the case of a Ruby Truman, he still had, he had to tell okay, therefore, he had to tell me that the law is like Rabbi Yochanan Nuri, because I would think that I can't use the general principle to follow the leniency when it comes to Truman. I want a second. Who told you that Truman is more severe than a Ruby? Chatzeros, the, the mixing a courtyard. Where do I get the idea from that there's that we have to that we're going to be that we're going to be more stringent that there's a difference between mixing a courtyard and the laws of two thousand? Because we learned, I'm Rabbi Yehuda. We learned 
Okay, when do we learn? We have, we, have, we have a rule that you can't make an error for a person without his permission. You can't, you can't just do it on his behalf without him instructing you to. Where do we say that by That's by You can't make an error You can't make a person's tchum uh, to you decide his domicile is going to be in this place uh, when Shabbos comes in. Okay? Now, there's a reason why. Okay? There's a reason why. You know why? Because when you make a person's domicile, let's say I make his domicile, I move his domicile 2,000 amas to the east. Well, even though I benefited him that he now has 4,000 amas to the east rather than 2,000 from his original domicile, but I've actually not benefited him now because I've taken away. He can't go from his original domicile any amount at all to the west. I, t- I took away 2,000 amas to the west. So I benefited him. I gave him 2,000 more to the east, but I took away 2,000 from the west. So what? And I can't do something with somebody's permission that's not absolutely going to be a benefit. Even if it's somewhat beneficial, I can't. When it comes to a rubi chatzeros, I can, I can make a rubi chatzeros. I can take this guy's bread and make him part of the shared courtyard even without asking him why. Because I'm able, what's, what's the whole general principle? I can marry a person with Without him being in front of me, I don't need permission to do good for him. But I cannot do something that, that I cannot do something that's a liability for a person, except in front of him, except with his permission. And by Ruchatim, even though I, even though I do I do take away a little better for him, I take his bread. But still, we see that there's a difference. We see we're more lenient by Eruvi Chatzeros than we are by Eruvi Tchum. And therefore, since I would have thought, so therefore we defend our idea that since I would have thought that I'm only Mekel by Eruvi Chatzeros, but not Eruvi Tchum, and that's why, that's why Rishu Malevi had to tell me that Allah follows Rabbi Yochum Manuri, even though it was a case of Eruvi Tchum, which is more severe than Eruvi Chatzeros. Here's another, another way, another answer to answer why Rishu Malevi had to say two things. Rabbi Asher he says, Itzrich, he still had to tell me what? The Allah is like Rabbi Yochan ben Nuri, even though he already told me that, we, that in general we follow the lenient opinion by Tchumen. I would think that what? That when do we have the general principle that we're lenient when it comes to Eruvi Tchumen? Okay, Eruvi Tchumen, Bishir Eruv. Pardon me, by Tchumen, by Eruvin, when am I lenient when it comes to Eruvin, Bishir Eruv? When it comes to our argument, they argued, remember, you have, you have, you have to put a minimum amount for, uh, to make an error. We usually say, well, it's, it's two meals. Okay, now, what happens if a person, if a person, uh, a person would put up enough for two meals, but now, at the point where we are, there's not two meals left. Let's say you made an error that's going to go over for many weeks, or whatever the story is. Okay, so there we can argue, okay, there we can argue whether it's sufficient that you only need the minimum amount of two meals when you, uh, at the beginning. But afterwards, as long as you have something, it's good enough, even though there's not two meals anymore. As long as you have something for everybody that's, that's concerned. So he says what? He says, I would think what? Maybe that's where I follow the lenient opinion. Once I've made an Eru, it's a question of that the food is there, but not the, not the original minimum amount. When it comes to actually making the Eru from the outset, I would say what? That you can't be lenient. Okay? And therefore what? So when it comes to Eru, that's making, there the argument of Rabbi Yochum is about making an Eru from the outset. I'd say there. No, then we don't follow. When do we follow lenient opinion? It's once you've made an Eru and there's not enough food, there's not the original amount of food left. Ah, there in such a case, we already made the Eru. Then we can argue whether we follow the lenient opinion. Then we can say you follow the lenient opinion. But when it comes to making the error from the outside by 2,000 Amistad, but he's talking about you can't be lenient. Where do we see that there's a difference and that we might think that I would be more lenient by remnants of the food for an error than rather by making the error originally? The Tanan, because we learned, I'm Rav Yossi, he says, he said, because Rav Yossi, because Rav Yossi said, pardon me, when is it true that by Eru Chatzeris you have to have what? Enough food for two meals, but when you originally make the error. 
when it's left when when it's a remnant okay if they just no if there's even just a little bit left for everybody involved okay it's sufficient because the truth is what that the only reason I needed two meals by by Eruvichatzeris really that law was really a law by Eruvichumit needing two meals the only reason I needed the food of two meals by Eruvichatzeris El Kadeshul Shakertoris Eruv Menatinokus so the children won't forget about the laws of Eruvichumin so therefore the real law of two meals was really by Eruvichumin and we do it also by Eruvichatzeris in order not to forget the laws of Eruvichumin but really of course that can be Mekel so I would think therefore what when do we say we follow the Mekel by 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 the laws of of leftovers by of leftovers because the whole thing was laws left leftovers by because the whole thing was a chumrah okay but when it comes to erud chumrah I would think you don't I would think you don't follow the the, the the I don't follow the opinion of the lenient of the lenient opinion and therefore Rabbi Shimon Levi to tell me that even though he told me we follow the lenient opinion by erud chumrah he had to tell me that we follow the opinion of of Rav Yochan even though it's a case where we're not necessarily lenient. Okay, Rabbi Yocha, okay, now Rabbi Yaakov, Rabbi Zreka, Amru, now we're going to have rules of, rules of who we follow. Rabbi Yaakov, Rabbi Zreka, Amru, they gave, they gave us rules. Halacha, Rabbi Kiva, Mechavero, in general, we have a general rule, the halacha fires Rabbi Kiva against his colleague, and those against an individual, Rabbi Yossi, Mechavero, and the rule, and the halacha follows Rabbi Yossi, even against his colleagues, even against the many, Rabbi Mechavero, and the halacha follows Rabbi against his colleague, against an individual. I, what's the point of telling me these things? Why did they tell me these halachas? Okay, on those he says, he says, he says, he says, are they telling me what that 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 this is how you do it? The halacha, every place that you follow these rules uh, without fail. Rav Asi Omar halacha. Rav Asi said yes. That these rules are steadfast. This halacha, you teach it, you teach it publicly, and this is what we you say. And every place, in all cases, halacha is like Rabbi Kiva against his colleague, Rabbi Yossi against his, against his colleagues, and Rabbi, and, and Rabbi against his colleague. Said, no, it's not true. So Yaakov Rezrika never meant to say that it's absolute, these are absolute ironclad rules, but rather what well, they meant to say, Matin, that what? That, that we lean towards the opinion of these people. In other words, here it, it, we may give an individual ruling like this for an individual, but we don't go out in public and say these are the rules. Okay, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Chanin Omar, he said no, that even that they didn't they didn't mean that, they meant near, and they meant to say, ah, he says these words that, that, that these opinions are they make sense? Uh, they're they're reasonable, but we don't we don't pass in the halacha that way. But if somebody did it, then we don't then we don't take it back. Or somebody already said, ah, follow their opinion. In such cases, ah, we don't take it back. But those they're not they're sure, they're for sure not ironclad rules. Kolashon Azem, and the same way that we had an argument about these rules that Rabbi Yaakov and Rabbi Zrika gave, okay, uh, okay, uh, um, that, that another, i.e., that some people say it's halacha, teach it every place in public. Some people say, ah, oh, it's matin, we lean towards it. And some people, and we, you know, can do it for individual cases, but don't teach it public or near it. Even that, it's only once we did it, uh, it, make, it makes sense, and you could, you could remain following that opinion and the same way that the that the Amarim argued that arguments, they always they, uh, okay. They always argued about the about the words of Rav Yaakov Bar Ide that are about that we're about to learn. And the same way that argument, I'm Rav Yaakov Bar Ide, I'm Rav Yochanan. He said he said these rules in the name of Rav Yochanan. Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Yehuda. When it comes to an argument, Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Yehuda, Allah Rabbi Yehuda, Allah falls like Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yossi. If so, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yossi, Allah Rabbi Yossi. So therefore, and since once you said that, the Yitzchak Lamar goes without saying, Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Yossi, Shalach Rabbi Yossi. 
And why is it? And therefore, it follows from what we said that if there's a magnet to Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Yossi, the halacha follows Rabbi Yossi. Why? If you see that Rabbi Meir loses against Rabbi Yehuda, so certainly where Rabbi Yehuda loses to Rabbi Yossi, certainly, certainly Rabbi Yehuda, certainly Rabbi Meir loses to uh, to Rabbi Yossi. Is there any question? Obviously, he does. Amr Avasi said the following. He says, "Af ani lomed." He says, I says, he says, I also, in the same fashion, I learned these rules. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Shimon, Allah, Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Shimon, Allah, follows Rabbi Yossi. The Amr of Abba, Amr Rabbi Yochanan, because Abba said the name of Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shimon, Allah, Rabbi Yehuda. He said, if there's an argument, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shimon, Allah, follows Rabbi Yehuda, the Hashtos. And therefore, we say the same reasoning. But Makam, Rabbi Yehuda, Leta. In other words, in a place of Rabbi Yehuda, we don't follow the words of Rabbi Shimon, he's out. If Rabbi Shimon loses to Rabbi Yehuda, but Makam, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi So certainly, if Rabbi Shimon against Rabbi Yossi, is there any question that Rabbi Shimon loses? Uh, if he loses to Rabbi Yehuda, loses to Rabbi Shimon, to, to Yossi, certainly he loses to um, if he loses to Rabbi Yehuda who loses to Rabbi Yossi certainly Rabbi Shimon loses to Rabbi Yossi Ibayelahu, they had this question, Rabbi Shimon, my, if it's an argument to Rabbi Rabbi Shimon, what's the halacha? The Gemara says, Take who let it stand, we don't have an answer. Amr Rabbi Shashia, Lesnei he says, he says, these rules, all these rules about if this tana against that tana, etc., okay, he says, these rules do not apply. What you do is you always examine the case and you paskin according to the, according to the opinion that makes sense to us. Remember, Shashi gets this idea that we don't follow these rules. So now we're going to propose one today, and then we're going to knock it out, and then we'll continue tomorrow. Okay? How can he prove that these rules don't apply? Perhaps you want to say that he did it from this Mishnah. He proves that the rules don't apply. Because we learned in a Mishnah. Rabbi Shimon, Omer, Rabbi Shimon said, Remember, we learned this in our Mishnah. That what? The Rabbi Shimon said, What is this idea like when we have three overlapping men of four Amas, so only four Amas, four Amas each, and we, we said the rule that the two outer guys can share with the inner, but the two outers can't share with each other. And he said, well, that is compared to what? Like three courtyards, three courtyards, um, three courtyards, who have who are, who are three courtyards that are open to each other and individually open to the Rishusarabim, but none of them go to the Shusarabim through the other ones, okay? Uh, so, three courtyards that open to each other, and they reach individually open to the public domain, and the two outer ones made, made an Arab together with the, with, the, with the middle one, but the outer ones didn't make an Arab with each other. So the middle one is mutter with the outer ones, and the outer ones are mutter with the middle ones. Okay, but the two outer ones, they're forbidden with each other, so neither the outer ones can go through the middle one to the other outer and carry from the middle one to the other outer one, Amrav, none of the outer ones can carry from them through the middle one to the other outer one. And he said, Allah follows Rabbi Shimon, even though the rabbis disagree with him, and they say what? That you, you cannot even carry from the middle to the outer and the outer to the middle. They disagree against, against the, the many, the rabbis disagree with Rabbi Shimon. Uman I'm sorry, I preempted. Who is it that argues? Rabbi Yehuda. And who is it? Uh, and that, par, par, pardon me. Uh, right.
He said that Allah Parbi is like Rabbi Shimon, even though the rabbi is against him. Uman Palegale, and who is it that who is it? Even though we didn't see it, who's the one who's arguing with with, with who's the other Tana who's arguing with Rabbi Shimon? Rabbi Yehuda. It's Rabbi Yehuda. We have a reason why we assume it's Rabbi Yehuda. I var Marta, and so we pass in like Rabbi Shimon against Rabbi Yehuda. Var Marta, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shimon, Allah Rabbi Yehuda. And didn't you tell me what that in Machlok and when there's an argument Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shimon, Allah follows Rabbi Yehuda. Allah Shmami no. Don't you hear from here? Let's nail. You hear from here clearly that Allah does not follow the. the the, these rules do not follow because you told me that in a machlokas of Yehuda Rabbi Shimon I should follow Yehuda and we don't follow Yehuda we follow Rabbi Shimon. I says, get out of here. If that's what you're going to learn from, Umay Kushi he says, what? he says, how can you bring a riot from there? Wherever we paskin, when, when, when did we use rules where, where we didn't have a previous designation that the Allah follows one opinion or another? That's what we follow. But any place where you'd already said prior to this, the Allah follows a given opinion, wherever it says it, it says it. Where it didn't say it, it didn't say it. So therefore, when do we follow rules? We follow rules when we didn't have a previous determination of the halacha. But if we had a previous determination of the of course we, of course, of course we don't follow the rules. You have to, if you want to disprove the use of these rules, you have to prove that we don't follow the rules when the halacha had not already been determined. So we're still looking for a way to say to back up how Rav Mashashi knows that we don't follow these rules. And I think that's a daf. Everyone have a wonderful day.